Good morning, everyone. So, so let's go ahead and talk about Psalm 34, which is the DT text for today. As the description says right under the psalm, David wrote this psalm when he was fleeing for his life from King Saul and sought refuge in Gath of the Philistines. And there, the people recognized him as the great Israelite warrior who killed many Philistines, including Goliath. So he pretended to be crazy and then fled for his life and just got out in the nick of time. And you can read about this incident in 1 Samuel 21. If you read 1 Samuel 21, there you will read that the Philistine king of Gath is named Akish, not Abimelech, as it says in the explanation of Psalm 34. Well, scholars think that Abimelech was an official title for Philistine kings, kind of like Pharaoh was for an Egyptian king. Now, after David flees from the Philistine king, he hides in a cave at Adullam, and he might have written this psalm in that cave after he is able to escape to that cave just in the nick of time. Now, this is probably one of the lowest and most desperate moments in David's life. Jonathan had just confirmed that his father, King Saul, was determined to kill him. David fled, and he was all alone. No bodyguards, no men around him, no weapon, and no food even when he flees from Saul's palace. Then he flees first to Ahimelech, the priest, and he lies about what he is doing, tells him that he's on a secret mission sent by Saul. And the priest believes David and gives him some bread and Goliath's sword. Then David flees to Gath, where, which is, by the way, the hometown of Goliath, where his identity is discovered. And he pretends that he's insane. He gets kicked out and he runs away to a cave. And for him to flee to Gath, of all places, shows how desperate he must have felt. And when you read 1 Samuel 21, you read that he shows up there armed with, with Goliath's sword, which is probably not a good idea considering Gath is the hometown of Goliath. Yet with all of this background in mind, we notice that he starts verse 1 of this psalm with, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And as the ESV study Bible notes say, to bless means to speak well of someone. And when a human being blesses God, it means to speak a good word about God's attributes like his kindness or goodness. And notice here that David says he will bless the Lord at all times. Now, probably you and I usually find it easy to praise God in good times, but hard to lift praises to the Lord when our circumstances are difficult. And yet here, David was prepared to praise God even when he had to fear for his life, and even when as so far as to going to Goliath's hometown, Gath, for safety. And then, of course, all that happened, we talked about pretending he was insane and getting kicked out and eventually fleeing to a cave in Adullam. This shows the fact that you and I don't get to choose our life's circumstances. Again, let me make that uh, very clear by repeating it. This shows a fact that we all know. You and I don't get to choose our life's circumstances. I wish we did. But we do get to choose how we will respond to our life circumstances. A few weeks ago, you might remember Cindy uh, had that accident and she injured herself when she fell at home and it broke several of her teeth. Now, I don't know if you all remember the card that she sent to our entire team with a lot of baked goods because she wanted to thank everybody for our prayers and the various food that people had made for her. 
and then she added in her card some words of thanksgiving to God. She wrote that it forced her to slow down when she was getting preoccupied with all that she had to take care of before returning home. And it allowed her to slow down and hear all that God wanted to speak to her about. Then she quoted Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. And she felt so loved by God even despite those unpleasant circumstances. And I remember being so challenged by her as someone who chooses to give thanks and praise God despite going through a painful period in her life. So this psalm is for everybody who's gone through such moments as feeling alone or destitute. It's also for us when we find that we are going through low moments in our lives. It's also for us when we feel stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now verses 4 through 7 are his personal testimony. And what a wonderful testimony he has. First, there is trouble all around. David speaks of his many fears, verse 4, and all his troubles, verse 6. Next, he says, he sought the Lord, verse 4, and cried for him, verse 6. Third, he experiences deliverance from God, receives answers for his prayers, and he essentially says, the Lord heard me, he saved me from my troubles, verse 6. Fourth, his life became radiant with joy of being in the care of such a good God. So in verse 5, he says, Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Now, I think it's noteworthy that by the end of the psalm, David's circumstances did not immediately change. For he says in verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So he was still a fugitive. He was still in danger. And for a time, he was still all alone. But God did deliver him from Achish, king of the Philistines, and his life was preserved. This is important to note because when we pray to God, it will not always change everything that's difficult in your life. But God will preserve you and God will transform even the difficult circumstances that we're going through by his presence. And perhaps God will send the presence of other people in our lives And that would also transform the difficulty of what we're going through. And God will do this even if you cannot sometimes visibly see what God is doing. So in verse 7, when he says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. I want to share a, a wonderful story from the Old Testament that happens actually later on in Israel's history. But that illustrates the truth of verse 7. In 2 Kings 6, we read about an account of Elijah and a servant in Dothan. The king of Aram had sent his army to surround the city that Elijah was in because God would tell Elijah whatever military campaigns that the Aram king and his military, military commanders were plotting, and he would, he would tell that to the Israelite king and frustrate their plans. And this would happen again and again. And so as the account goes, the Aramean army surrounds Dothan by night. And when Elijah's servant goes outside the city walls in the morning, he sees the army and gets terrified. And he asks Elijah, Oh my Lord, what shall we do? Elijah calmly assures him, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elijah prays that God would open the servant's eyes. And the servant sees the hills 
full of chariots of fire and horses all around. That was David's situation in the cave of Adullam, even though he couldn't see the divine defenders surrounding him. And this is often your situation and my situation too. For we too could be confident, as it says in verse 7, the angels of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Whether or not we can see the angels of the Lord, I just want to conclude by saying the psalm does not say that we will not have fears, enemies, and troubles in our life. But it does promise that God will be with us in the midst of those circumstances and that he will deliver us from them if we look to him in faith. Good morning, everyone. So-